Hey there, welcome to the Revenue Accelerator podcast with your host, Kat Stancic. That's me. So today we have Pamela George. Now, Rockstar does not even encompass what this woman has been through and what she is doing in the world today. She is a financial powerhouse, but it wasn't always that way. She was born into poverty and raised by an illiterate mother. As a young child, Pamela vowed to create her own financial wealth, breaking the cycle that was passed on to her by her family. Through her work, she has healed her own money trauma and now stands before us all as a strong and financially empowered woman. She now lives her purpose by supporting women across the globe to create their own financial freedom and learn how to build generational wealth through her signature framework, The Seven Pillars of Money Management. Pamela, thank you for gracing the podcast today. It's an honor to be here, Kat. Thank you so much for having me. So like wealth, everybody talks about it. Everybody's like, you just need to believe in it and it'll come to you. But I know that's not your approach. You actually have a very different approach, thank God, (laughs) than just believe it and it will be built for you. So what's your philosophy around how someone can truly build financial wealth to create that freedom that they're desiring? I think my approach really, it's it's marrying the money mindset and the believing and the Mm. manifesting with actual numbers and dollars and cents. I think doing one without the other is not going to get you there. Yes. Marrying both will will get you there. I've seen it in my business and my practice. I see it every day. Yeah. So, you know, there's the money mindset people all out there and I get it's, it's critical. It's important. We have to work through that trauma. There's a lot of stories that we don't even realize that we're reading over and over in our head. And then there's the action piece, which, you know, I'm all about. So between those two worlds, where do people, where do you see people typically get stuck? Um, Well, it's two ways, really. Um, There are some people who really struggle with the numbers. You mentioned the word budget and they shut down or they just (laughs) go blank. It just freaks them out. And I get that. And they are definitely those people. They have debt. They don't know what system to pay down with, uh, how to balance a budget. In fact, you say balance budget and they, you know, they want to run. They don't understand savings. Again, it's Mm -hmm. the numbers. It's not easy for them. And then you have the other side, the flip side to that, where they might be great with numbers. And I see a lot of accountants here, a lot of even financial advisors, right? I have doctors and lawyers here and, and they're good with the numbers, but there's so much stuff happening with regards to their money mindset. Mm. They're stuck, they're stuck, um, their beliefs. Thing. And, and when we talk about beliefs, when it comes to financial stuff, these are things that happen even before you knew what money was. Yeah. You're young, you're growing up, you're a baby, you're a toddler, before the age of seven most times. And you're picking up stuff from your parents, mm. hearing and seeing stuff. Who, by the way, would have picked it up from their parents? Right. And what I tell my clients, guess who is next in line to pick up those beliefs? That's not yeah. working for you, your kids, right? right? So my work, I, I, I work with my clients to help them figure that out, that money mindset, that block, that's what they're going through, what is affecting their behavior around money. Yeah. And when you, when you address that, 
and then you put that and you match it with the money aspect of dollar and cents, then you come out of it really feeling confident. And like you said earlier, financially empowered, right? Right, right. And and what's interesting is, is that this isn't just about our own money stories, right? Like we have to do our own healing and stuff like that, but this is a business podcast. And so we're also as business owners dealing with other people's money stories on a pretty regular basis, right? So What's your advice, um, you know, for people who encounter that, like, you know, we're, we're dealing with people who've been burned, right? People who are hesitating in making investments in their business. You know, I don't think this, that there's this uh, ultimate objection obliteration kind of approach, but what's your recommendation when not just you have your own money story, but when you're running into other people's money stories as part of your, whether it's business or day-to-day life? Yeah. So what comes to mind as you were saying that it's uh, there's this thing called money ghosting. Mm. So it's like, it's like ghosting when you're dating, but money. Yeah. So, you know, you, <laughs> <Love that. laughs> you meet somebody, a potential client on a discovery call and they're all good. They're ready to go. And yeah, send me the invoice. You send the invoice. You can see the Reddit. Yes. <laughs> you can tell they view the invoice but they're just not paying and you're wondering why, then you might send an email, no response. And, you know, you keep doing and then it's a week and you're not hearing anything. They're not answering your phone calls now and Mm. you're wondering what's going on. And we could take, as business owners, at least I know I've done it at times, we could take that personally uh, or we could get pissed. Like they wasted my time. There's so many emotions that come with that. The whole ghosting thing is not nice. I get it. As a financial counselor, you know, I am I am trained to look a little deeper. Mm. And that person who is ghosting you is probably very scared. Some old childhood belief or trauma is coming up there and stopping that person from really making that final step and making the investment. And it, it could be something that didn't even happen to them. You know, it probably happened to their parents or some family member yeah. or some friend. And um, they, that, that incident, that trauma is, is in their head. And we all add our own stories to it, whether that story is true or not, we do add to it and then we believe it. So my thing, when some, uh, next time a potential client ghosts you, just take it, you know, apply a little grace because mm. I know how frustrating it could be, especially when you know they're your ideal client, you know they need your service. They said they want it, they were going to do it, and then they just go. So you should just, I, I say, step back a little bit and just try to understand what they might be going through. Mm. They might be scared. They have a lot of stuff going on that has absolutely nothing to do with you. Right. So applying yeah. grace here is usually a good thing. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a really great approach because a lot of times, you know, they got triggered. And their trigger is triggering you. And it becomes this horrible cycle where nobody feels like they're, you know, quote unquote winning, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so I really appreciate that, that philosophy. I mean, you know, me, I'm going to go and be like, you know what, that's why you need to have a pipeline because if you're just waiting on that one person, then that trigger gets activated in such a bigger way. And so really, you know, having that and understanding that's part of the process. Um, so what let's flip that on the, the, the flip side, which is mm-hmm. what do we do? What are some suggestions if we get triggered, right? Our money trauma gets activated and, you know, for whatever reason, right. Whatever potential money story, 
do you have some some tips some suggestions to kind of reground or regroup if you will so first of all we are responsible for managing our own triggers <laughs> it's not other people's it's everybody else's fault it's not me <laughs> it's not other people's responsibility to tiptoe around your triggers <laughs> All right. Oh my God, we've all had that boss, right? Yes. <laughs> We're sibling. So I would say take on that responsibility, be accountable for what has happened. Mm. Um, you know, understand understanding your triggers is an important thing. Yeah. I am a firm believer in therapy. God knows I've had my share of it. Um, I've made some folks very rich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear by it. Um, it has helped me a lot. But understanding your triggers mm. and understanding the traumas that key, you know, cause the triggers in the first place is very mm. important. Yeah. My take on trauma, you know, the research over the years on trauma is, you know, you have this PTSD and and you suffer psychologically, physically, mentally, and you suffer and you struggle. My take, yes, that's all true. I get it, but I, I go a little further and I speak to, about post-traumatic growth. Mm. While it's never pleasant, the trauma, obviously, it's ugly, it's painful, it's scary. I believe that we have it in us, that we can use what we've been through and really come out on the other side, being stronger and being better. And 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 in a, in a way, I have seen it too. I mean, I am a living example of that. I come out on the other side, I'm stronger. I believe I'm the better, better version of myself, but I'm also tr- helping to transform women and help them through their traumas and become financially empowered like me. So I'm saying all that to say, Kat, yes, manage your triggers, understand what caused them in the first place, but my suggestion is don't remain stuck in the woe is me. I mm. am, you know, I am a victim. I believe we need yes. to be the hero of our own story. I feel we can change the narrative. I have changed the narrative for my story and I've come out on the other side. So yes. I, I, if I can do it, and I'm from a third world country with hardly any resources in, yes. in that field, right? Yes, I'm now in Canada, you know, and it's fantastic. But when you went through that trauma, and I was suffering and struggling. I didn't have a lot of resources. Hmm. But you know, I, but what I did have was that determination that this will not be my life. I will not go through the same fate as my mother, where she ended up homeless with young kids, young daughters. Hmm. I'm like, I will not have that happen to me. And yeah. I, I clawed my way out. And here I am. So I refused to be a victim of my trauma. I focused. I didn't even know there was a word, a term post-traumatic growth, but I found it. And then while I'm living it, I realized, oh, it has a name, post-traumatic growth. And I live it every day, Kat. Yes. Well, I mean, and a lot of times that's where, you know, a lot of success comes from. It's the, the crud we've been through is the, the soil that allows us to really build this wealth faster in a generation than, you know, multiple generations combined. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you do that? Like, I mean, is it hustle and grind? I know it's not that, but is it hustle (laughs) and grind and like make as much money as possible and put it in a bank or putting it, you know, in the, in the stock market, like how do you build generational wealth? And, you know, to build generational wealth, you, you gotta be, you know, hopefully enjoying some of it in the now. Right. So, so what, what is that structure? What is that goal? How, how like break it down? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I don't hustle. Good. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a busy person. In fact, I take Fridays off. Mm. 
I go to the art gallery. I I do. I I go to the coffee shops, read my books. I Friday is for me. It's the spa day. I and I make no apology for it. I have had such a friggin' hard life growing up Mm -hmm. that I deserve every spa day that I take right now. Hell yes, right. (laughs) So I don't work on Fridays. I don't hustle. Um, I don't work late into the night. I think I probably do a six hour day. Yeah right? Four days a week. Um, I, I, if I say it starts with just enjoying what I have, Mm. like I never take for granted that I live in Ottawa, a a very affluent city in one of the, what I think the best country in the world. (laughs) Got a lot of benefits up there. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yes. And it's, it's beautiful. I, I, I never take that for granted. So I think there's the no hustle, there's this gratitude and living and enjoying the moment. Mm. And um, with that comes the a settling and a grounding that I can really focus on, on what my purpose is, what's my intention, what I want for my life, what I want my future to look like, what is important to me, my values. And, and as I say those words, I, I can actually picture a woman who's hustling and running around and don't have time to cook. And she's like, what the fuck is she talking about intention and values and in the moment? Because a busy, overwhelmed woman doesn't have time for that, right? But it doesn't just happen overnight either. Mm. I have had crazy stuff happen. I have been that crazy woman, right. but with intention and getting, you know, and it goes back to money because when you have control over your money, because it permeates every aspect of your life, you can't really get there. Get your money under control, which is what I did from very early. I got that out under control and it it created the space for me to do all these other things like not hustle enjoy be gracious that type of thing yeah yeah there's there's and there's looking at enjoying the money and sabotaging yourself with the enjoyment so I've I've known people who Mm -hmm. the second they a dollar comes into their lap they spend two right? Like they literally money burns a hole in their pocket and, you know, shocker, they're still in debt, like significant debt or on the verge of, you know, some kind of poverty. I knew someone who declared bankruptcy three times and she had had multiple inheritances and we're talking about six figure inheritances. If you're listening out there, whoever you are, call me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'll put you in touch with her. Um, But when I saw that, right, like there was this I realized that that wasn't energy that I also wanted in my life because as much as I would love to save somebody, right? Somebody has to want to save themselves. And it was just this very comfortable cycle that someone seemed to be in, obviously very uncomfortable for me. Um, And so there's breaking the cycle, which you've done, and then there's creating a new one. Right. So how do you go and start? Like, what's the structure? Because there's mindset, like we talked about, and then the practical side of how do you structure your life and your finances to really start accumulating, you know, wealth? Is it buy a laundromat and like have a second business? Is it, you know, buy property? Like none of those things, like how, what are some steps that people can start taking wanting to start building that generational wealth or more wealth in their own lifetime? Amazing question. That is why I created my signature system, 
the seven pillars of money management. So it starts just like how you're going to take a road trip, right? You need to sit down, assess where you are, mm. you know, you figure out, okay, where am I? And, and one of the pillars, it's, um, you know, align values and, and, and goals. You need yeah. to figure out where you are and where you're going. So assess your situation. Okay, here I am. It's point A. I am in debt, my budget, I don't even have a budget or I have yeah. it, but I don't stick to it, which is the same thing. Having a budget and not sticking to it is the same as not having a budget. Right? <laughs> right? Um, you may have some savings, but it's not enough. No emergency fund. Um, if you were to pass away tomorrow, there's nothing in place to take care of your family. All these things, or you're behind in bills, you have the money to pay your bills, but somehow you're always late and mm. you're late. So it damages your credit. It's a vicious mm. cycle. So sit down, spend some time, sit with someone like me who is able to help you figure it out. And when you figure out where you are in the muck, in the mess of it all, you might even break down and start to cry because mm. it's a harsh reality a lot of times. But it's okay because from that point, you can only go forward. That's yes. what I tell my clients. And it's really and- like, let me let me call out the fact that this is not just for people who are on the verge of bankruptcy, who True. you know are still renting an apartment. Like this, your process works for people who are generating a lot of revenue as well as people who are just getting by. And, and it's just, I really wanted to call that out because mm-hmm. like you said, there's self-sabotaging behavior. I've known people who make a lot of money who still pay stuff late. And part of that is that, that previous you know, cycle that they haven't been able to break yet. Yeah, thank you for reminding me to, you know, right now I have a client who is a doctor, lots of money. Right. And every single month she pays her bills late. Well, guess what? Her credit score is now like, I don't know, 610. Oof. And she works for like in excess of $300,000 Canadian, right? So, So it's not just for those who are in debt and struggling, but when you assess, when, when you, when you, struggle with addressing your financial concerns and and you have trouble with your financial affairs in terms of managing it, whether you have debt or not, once you sit there and you assess your reality, it gets scary. Right. It could get very scary. It can get, and I, I see it with a lot of women. They're like, what the F did I do? How did I end up here? And that is very scary. Yeah. But it's the place that you start. It's point A. And I go through my, uh, my, with my clients, I go through an exercise where we figure out, okay, what are your values? What are your goals? What's the big picture here? Where do you want to go? Mm. You know, and I, I use an example. I have a client who says to me, you know, I value education. And, and therefore, my children will be, I will support them at university. They will not end up with student loan like I had, et cetera, et cetera. When I ask her to see her budget, children's education for savings there nothing there's mm-hmm. nothing for saving for their children's education for her kids education in her budget yeah. that is a budget that's not aligned to her value yes. As, yes. A, as a simple example and you right? feel it you know it because you know that you're not saving for it and you know you're yes. misaligned then there's all that energy that's wasted with that I mean mm-hmm. it's so powerful yeah. So we start up with that, know where you are. We set, we figure out what your values and your goals. And I'll tell you, the woman I work with, when I ask that, what would you say are your goals, are your values? Most times it's they're like a deer caught in the headlight. They don't know what it is. Mm. And to make it 
the, the other question that they give me the same reaction to is, what are your hobbies? <laughs> right? <laughs> I see those two things going hand in hand, right? having that difficulty to answer those things. Yep. Yeah. So I would ask, okay, what are your hobbies? You know, the kids have karate and they have hockey and they have dance. The kids have all of that. The husband has his buddy with the guitar thing. (laughs) thing, Right. (laughs) They know everybody else's hobbies. Everybody else's hobbies, uh, their budget supports them. But what's left Mm. is them and there's nothing left. So there's no hobby for them. So either they don't have the money for their hobbies or they don't have the time for their hobbies. Yeah. But the reaction is the same. And that, it, it, it just travels into the values and the goals. Yeah. Right. I love that you called that piece out because that is really important. Money mm-hmm. and wealth are not synonymous all the time because mm-hmm. what we have, well, the only resource we're running out of is time. We can build wealth. We can't make time appear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really looking at that definition of what does wealth mean it's not just money. It's not just millions of dollars coming in, but it's also the time to spend with family. And that sometimes mean earning a little bit less doesn't always, but it's really, really important to have those goals called out. Like you were saying, um, because if not, we're just kind of arbitrarily walking in a direction and may not even be the right one. So love that you're assessing, identifying those values, building out that budget that's in alignment. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, as an example, a couple of months ago, I spoke with a client and she said, I have no money. I work for good money, but I have none. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's look at it. I always and, love then the conversation gets like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she wanted to go on a cruise. This has been a goal of hers for years. She cannot afford it. She cannot afford it. I said, let's start with figuring how much this cruise will cost you. So she chose a really nice cabin. It was about $5,000 it was going to cost her. And she can't afford it. But my salary says I should be able to afford it. All my friends can go. Why can't I go? And I did her budget for her. And again, good money. And in her budget, there was $2,000 that she didn't know where it was going. $2,000. I said to her, okay, uh, are you eating out more than you think? Are you do?" She could not figure it out. Eventually we did. But every month she was spending $2,000 that she couldn't account for. Mm-hmm. Well, after about month three, she went on her cruise <laughs> and she nice. had a lovely time, right? Because I, was, I, was, I showed her how to rein that in. But that's what happens. A lot of people, and you said it earlier on, you don't have to be, you know, have a small income in order to struggle. That's not the only people struggling with money. In I almost feel like a lot more people who are built, who have what mm-hmm. some would consider wealth mm-hmm. are struggling more. So, um, I mean, especially in the entrepreneurial space where we see there's a lot of business expense. I mean, we know that making six figures, having already passed that right well mm-hmm. past that, that yes. making six figures is not the same as paying yourself six figures. Um, I've seen people who are making a million in their business and they're still not paying themselves six figures in their business. So, yeah. And, and there are people who struggle, uh, you know, there's a financial thermostat, right? Right. They will not and, and cannot pay themselves more than they think they, or they feel they deserve. And the, and the funny thing is 
that goes back to the employee mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Well, as an employee, I would get, you know, maybe $7,000 a month and they cannot get to the point where they can pay themselves more. Not because they can't, but because they won't. And um, again, it's that money mindset, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So those were the first few steps of your Mm -hmm. your seven-step process. What are some of the more, um, the other ones that help with really building out that generational wealth and, and, and personal wealth? Yeah, well, I'll I'll list the seven pillars for you. All right. Well, how about that? So again, there's the millionaire money mindset. There's a we work on that to get you to a point where you're ready to receive wealth. Okay. Mm. And then there's the saving for success. And I always say that it's not just saving. If you don't save right, you can't be successful in your savings. And that's a big part in the in building generational wealth. We spoke about the aligned values and goals. Wealth protection. What is going to happen if something yeah. happens to you? I mean, we're in a pandemic right now. All the all the issues regarding COVID. How many of us we won't be able to work? Oh, we've had loved ones who pass on. Mm. We have to look at that, right? Um, we need to figure out how to organize our money so we're not paying our bills late, although we have the money to pay it. I call that uh, that pillar is called money matrix. Of course, there's debt eliminator. When you're talking about building wealth, you really need to first address your debt issue if you have that, mm. right? Building wealth and having debt, counterproductive. You really, right. you, you can't successfully do both, right? And of course, there's the budget maximizer, which where we talk about, you know, balanced budget and having it aligned to your goals and your values. Oh, brilliant. So I know that there's something that you do that really helps support, you know, women, men alike, but oftentimes women mm-hmm. with their relationship with money. Can you tell us a little bit about your money date that you support people with? <laughs> I am a big, big supporter of having a money date. So you're in a couple, you're alone, you're single, it doesn't matter. It might mean having a money date with yourself. But mm-hmm. I say you need to sit with your money crack open a bottle of wine, if that takes the edge off, the chocolate, whatever. It's a date. <laughs> it's a date, all right? And sit with your money. Mm. You know, start with 30 minutes and, um, and do the things that would help you to build wealth. And as I, I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but if you want to build wealth, you need to first pay your bills. You know, it starts like that, right? But what I do, so I want to offer this. I know the value of it. So I offer it to my community. It's a money date. And we meet on the third Wednesday of every month at one o'clock Eastern time. It's free. And I invite everybody to come on. We, for the first 15 minutes or so, I do a little mini training, you know, something from my signature system. Then we sit quietly (laughs) with with the Zoom link you know, the video on. So there's accountability, but we sit quietly and we do the money thing that we've been procrastinating mm. about. Some things could be paying your bills, going through your credit card statements, going through, you know, your taxes, putting stuff, filing away, whatever you need to do for that 30 minutes, you have the space mm. and the time and the community to support you to get that done. So that's 30 minutes of the hour. And then we spend the final 10 to 15 minutes just talking about what we did, so a little bit of accountability and any aha moments that any one of us might have had. Oh, that's so beautiful. So how can people get access to that and get connected to you? 
Fantastic. So moneydate.co, that's where you go. Moneydate.co, you go on that link and it will guide you through. You will get the invitation. It's the third Wednesday of every month at one o'clock Eastern time. Fantastic. That link will definitely be in the show notes for each of uh, the listeners here to go ahead and leverage. And any parting words for the listeners today in terms of of your area of expertise and, and building wealth and releasing cycles and, you know, just going and doing good work? I would say, believe that you're already financially empowered. Mm. That's the place to start. You are already a financially empowered person. Start from there and watch the magic happen. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, Pam, for being on today. It's been um, just really enlightening and, you know, and grateful that you shared all that today with our our listeners. Thank you so much for having me, Kat. So, so grateful. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.